1: Ron, this is absolutely incrinculent. That's what I have to say. I, I mean, it's a sad week, but like all these kinds of occasions in life, the sad ones oftentimes have tinges of happiness or lots of happiness. They're a celebration, right? It's also a celebration of your career here. That's what it is. And that's what I learned yesterday when Bob and I reached out to just bunches and bunches of people. And by the way, I got calls last night from people who still want to come on this week.
2: You're, uh, you're kidding me.
1: No. People who didn't get a chance yet to say anything and still want to come on, like a bunch of people. So we'll be sprinkling them out through the week. But wow, I mean, what a day that was. And there's been some, you know, development since then. With just like I said, people reaching out, um, and then and then I got a text from Jamie Dixon today.
2: Yeah, uh, that's this one blows me away.
1: I mean, he mentioned that his dad passed away last night. A guy that I'm sure you and I both interacted with many many times. times. Many times. Great, great guy. Used to be an actor. And Jamie said he was with them last night in L.A., which means that, obviously, he knew all this was happening yesterday. And they
2: still found time to call.
1: Which was amazing. Amazing. Unreal. And he, what, what you and Pompey
2: Annie did is just, it's just, inc- it's incrinculent. Yeah. Inc- it, it, the list, I, I, I keep looking at the list, blows me away.
1: And to think that it's a partial list, that's the thing. So I go home yesterday, and, of course, I get calls,
2: you know, Jay Caulfield, you know, I just heard my daughter told me. Phil Bork calls. I've known those guys since the yeah. early 90s. And then Chip Ganassi called. I haven't talked to Chip in years. I mean, wow. you talk about a car racing legend, right? I mean, ah. as big as it gets. And then I happened to see on Twitter today, rolling through. Let me read it to you here. This one, This one amazes me, too. Because I, I would so much <clears throat> uh, uh, not even expect it. Congratulations to Ron Cook, one of the best capital letters in the business. Enjoy the good life, Ron. Well-deserved with applause. And then he has mm. at Ron Cook PG. Heinz Ward.
1: Yes. That's a great one.
2: That's a keeper.
1: That is a keeper. And I'm scrolling right now because I just had this in front of me. It was Clinton Hurdle, which is what he goes by on Twitter. Did you see that one? I did not see that one. And I checked to make sure it was actually him, and it was actually him. So, of course, now I can't find it. But it was something to the effect of, congratulations, Ron, for leaving on your own terms. And bingo is a – he said bingo is a contact sport in Florida. Come (laughs) see me at – where is he? Anna Marie Island, right? Anna
2: Marie Island. But he's back in ball this year. I think I, know. He, I think he's a bench coach with the Angels. Yes, um, that's very nice, um, very nice of him to say that. Um, now, Anybody now, else uh, interesting uh, like, like that you my heard? My phone from? is ringing now.
1: Rich Donley, there's another, there you go. There's a name, huh? It just traveled far and wide.
2: Yeah, I, I I can't. I was just overwhelmed. I mean, I heard from so many people here, so many colleagues at the Post Gazette, um, just. It just blew me away. And again, it's all because of you and Pompey Annie.
1: Well, it's all because of you. You're the one who has engendered this kind of uh, respect and admiration uh, just, from people.
2: Just amazing. You don't, you don't realize why you're living it. And one day you're going to be in my shoes, hopefully in my shoes where you go out on, like Clint said, on your own terms. Yes. Um. That's the, that's the, what was really important for me. And I mean I've been planning this. I bought my place in May, you know? I mean I've been planning this.
1: What's the first thing you're going to do when you arrive at your place? Nah, who am I to to ask <laughs> that? You're going to crack a beer. <laughs> Absolutely. When you get in your place, I already new place. have
2: some in the refrigerator. We'll probably go get a pizza, some wings and stuff like that. And uh, my daughter will be with me. She's driving down Saturday morning and we'll probably spend a night in Georgia somewhere. Yeah. And then be in, be there and, and go to the store, we'll do whatever we got to do and Watch Super Bowl 58 and see if Patrick Mahomes adds to his incredible legacy already, right?
1: Absolutely. Here it is. I finally found it. Clinton M. Hurdle, at Clint Hurdle 13. That's him. He subtweeted somebody tweeting out uh, your retirement. Congratulations on leaving on your own terms, Ron. I'm just two hours away on Anna Marie Island. Get ready for bingo. It's a contact sport in Florida. Shuffleboard is treacherous as well. Love, Clint. That is tremendous. Oh, oh, my God. And even
2: got the love, Clint, at the end. He took me off his list, though. I was on a regular. He sends out these motivational things, little blurbs, you know, every day. Yeah. And it always ends, love, Clint. And I was on the list for a while, and I don't know if I ticked him off, but he took me off the list. (laughs) But I, the way it ends, love Clint. I, I absolutely is what he does. Was Parker the maddest person ever at you, of a of a uh, Pittsburgh sports figure? Probably, probably. There there have been a few with of the threat of violence. Yeah, I think John Candelario challenged me to a fight on the team plane one day. Um,
1: I had a very unpleasant interaction with him know, in later years.
2: I mean, we kissed and made up afterwards a couple years later, but. We didn't. He wrote, uh, I, I did something that he didn't like. And uh, he, uh, you know, it was on a team plane. We're flying. I was at the Beaver County Times and late in the late, late pennant drive, they, they took us on the flight, you know, I, uh, the suburban guys. And uh, he didn't like something I wrote. And I think he had been drinking. And he came up to me and, and, and said, You don't have the guts to stand up. And I stood up. He goes. he goes, you don't have the guts to throw the first punch. And I go, no, I'm not going to do that on, on the team plane. And he yelled at me a little bit and then walked away. You had a wow. bad one experience. Wow.
1: I like that one. Yeah, I did. This was on like, I don't know, must have been 2009, I guess, which would have been the, what, 40th anniversary, 30th of the 79 team. I can't count. What 89, year? 89, 99, 2000. Yeah, 30th, 30th anniversary of the 79 team. And I included in the story a little where are they now box, right? Right. This guy's living in Memphis, Tennessee, and he, you know, collects rare artifacts. Uh, Candelaria lives somewhere in North Carolina. I included like the general area. So he texts me right after the story comes out, says, I'm getting hate mail here. Uh, You didn't have to include where I lived. I said, John, I didn't
2: put your address on there. Blueberry Lane or anything, right?
1: I don't apologize, and it got worse from there. So, Oh, man. He didn't seem like a very happy man, Ron.
2: You know what, though? Chuck Tanner always said about him, always. I can still hear Chuck saying it. If my life depended on one game, I'd give him the ball. How about that? And he said that all the way till the end.
1: Oh, as a savvy young new sound, I loved the Candyman. I remember sitting at Pop-Pop Cotter's place in Riverhead, Long Island. I still believe he had the first clicker ever, first remote control ever. And I turned on Flicker. Monday Night Baseball, Monday Night Baseball, and I think that's when the Candyman had a no-hitter yeah. against the against Dodgers. The Dodgers.
2: Al Oliver came running in on a ball. I don't know, Bill Russell hit it maybe, I want to say. Yeah. At Three Rivers, Yeah.
1: Well, we're going to mix in more treats during the week, Ron. Should we get back to conventional sports uh, talk I here we, or whatever that we, passes we, for on this show?
2: We got a lot to talk about here. Coaches leaving, coaches coming. It's just, uh, you know, I, met, I, I mentioned I got that text from Hines. You know, a lot of people would love to see the Steelers hire him. They got rid of the wide receiver coach yesterday.
1: Let's include that in our season, our, our show opening six-pack. Ron. Oh, we got Keeping a Keeping that theme alive uh, as well.
2: Right. And and when well, Thursday we have a... Come one, come all for a wheel of ball. One last wheel
1: of ball. Yeah. We're going to be breaking down in tears during that wheel of ball.
2: Going to be breaking down the whole four hours.
1: It's off the top, presented by J.P. Roofing and Siding, and here's a rundown of what's happening on today's show. Well, we have some mystery guests. I wasn't supposed to read that part. Once again, I'm reading right off the teleprompter like like Ron Jeremy. Ron
2: Jeremy in San Diego, right? (laughs) <laughs> or, as I called uh, Eric Hagman, Ron, uh, Ron Jeremy, right?
1: Yes, exactly. All right, Sean That's Still,
2: That still may be.
1: We're going to replay that on my your last greatest day. greatest
2: moment. It might have been the greatest moment in this show history. Yeah. And those guys, Filippone and Eric, were sitting right there. Yes. And I said, uh, You remind me of Ron Jeremy. And they look at me, Andrew goes, I've heard you say crazy things Ron, on, but I didn't know. I I, I just watched Anchor Man the night
1: before. He played it masterfully. And when Bonnie I did. Eric
2: looks at me and I go, Uh what do you you know, why why are you laughing, Eric? I said, Ron Jeremy doesn't have anything <laughs> that you don't. And his and then he goes <laughs> he told me later, he goes, My wife texts me and wanted to know what you know that she doesn't know. <laughs> it was it was to me, it was, and it was so innocent on my part, but those guys let me hang until the break, and then they told me. I said, you had to know what I was talking about. They let me hang.
1: I mean, that was one of the, yes, top, easily top five and maybe top one moments in in station it, history.
2: Because it, it, it just went on, and I kept digging a deeper hole, and Eric sitting over there blushing,
1: you know? Oh, that was great. Um. Sean, are you working Thursday? That will be uh, City Limits, as you call him. City Limits is in for your final day. We got
2: him the next two days, I believe.
1: He's a legendary figure, Ron. He said he blew off, like, some job he had to do yesterday to sit in his car and listen to that show. I think people really wanted to be part of that, and they were. I I sat in my car for the final segment as well. I was coming back, uh, went to get something
0: to eat, and, like, the last five minutes I just sat and listened to it. So I I second that.
1: How about that? I think that happened all over town, Ron. Just
2: you kept you and guys kept bringing one after another after another.
1: At one point on the line with uh, our friend Nelly who did a wonderful job yesterday uh coordinating traffic on the line waiting Bruce Arians, Ben and Taylor Cook. <laughs> We're all on the line at the same time. The three big hitters right there. Oh, yeah. My yeah. God. And that came right after Dixon, which came right after Bettis.
2: You know, when, when BA called.
1: I and mean, Ham. I forgot Ham. He was did, in the middle. How did you get Bruce You Aaron's? mean Jack? Do you have a number for him? I don't even remember. It's I, all I, I mean, a I have his I, number. I must have I, a number. I, I, you know, no, it, I think I either got Horse or Folsey. Okay. Uh, to, Horse
2: would have had his number yeah. probably. Wow. Wow.
1: Both of them opened their phone books, Ron. Super Bowl champion. The old Rolodex. Do you still have a Rolodex? I'm betting you do no, at home. I don't. No? I
2: have, you know, I- I'm trying in the process to streamline some stuff. I had, you know, like a the reporter's notebook. Yeah. Uh, on the back cover, I have phone numbers written down like Joe Namath. You know what amazes? Uh, you know, yeah. I- all these numbers. I got to try to organize them in one place.
1: Yes. What always amazes me about you. Besides the pacing before the column was I one time saw like over your shoulder the chicken scratch. did you learn to write shorthand? You'd be in a locker room and, and I was own. like, how does he read that? It's my own How do you get an accurate quote it, out of that?
2: It's my own system it works for me. Nobody could read my notes, nobody but it, it works for me.
1: And you never sat down and were like, oh my God, what what did I write here? No was it legitimate shorthand?
2: For me, yeah, my own shorthand
1: Holy horse milk. I mean, I invented a language when I was in uh, seventh grade.
2: You've ingr- invented words since you've been here.
1: How did you invent uh, your own shorthand?
2: Uh, I don't. I can't tell you, Jeff. Like I, the letter
1: A means this to Ron.
2: I, I just. I have keywords, and I don't know. I can't. I can't explain it.
1: Amazing, isn't it, it's Sean? A, it it's it truly it's is. It's good, yes.
2: though, when you're under deadline and I'll you don't say. have time to transcribe a tape. I transcribe tapes if I have time, you know? Yeah. So.
1: I remember you were in the locker room, and so was I, when Yager gave his dying alive quote. Oh, remember that I, night? I, I do remember I'm you. dying alive.
2: And now, a week from Sunday, they're going to be retiring his jersey. That'll be a day. That'll be a day. Yeah, Well, The question is, will Mario show up?
1: I say... I thought I saw a quote to that effect from did Venzel interview Tom Warner?
2: Maybe Is I he think he, Mario's coming. Uh,
1: I, don't quote me on that, but I think that's what I remember. I'll look it up. I will be that he expects him there.
2: I would, I would, I would expect him there too. Yeah, but he hasn't ever been back for a game except once when he sat in this booth because it was he he part of his deal with his fantasy campers, and he's really good with that fantasy camp. He brings in the Hall of Famers. And he react interacts with them. It's not just his name on it. Yeah. But part of that is he invites them into his suite for a game. And he came back for that last. The only game he was at last year.
1: You think we can get Mario on the line this I, week for you?
2: I don't think that. But
1: maybe Jay a, can do it. That's
2: a nice thought.
1: Jay Borky, if you're out there, do it. <laughs> um, you have a nice cold six pack, don't you, Sean? Let's get here to crack one to open this thing up. Yeah, let's do it. Mike Sullivan is going to be the 44th coach in NHL history to coach 800 games tonight. Ron, he's right behind. Get this. Art Ross. I think he has a trophy named after him. And Mike Tarion, who coached 814. So Sully is moving on up that list. What do you make of that, and what do you make of the Penguins heading into the de facto second half of their season? Yeah,
2: start tonight. Uh, my daughter's coming in today, and we're actually going to the game tonight. She loves to go to the hockey game, so we're going to do that. Um, it just astounds me that, I mean, until Dan Biles came here, no coach had finished started and finished four years in yeah. Penguins history. They changed them like men change socks. Yeah. You know, EJ was a coach like 19 times. But different periods, you know, in for a year, out for a year, in for a year. Bilesma was the first to make four years, and then then, uh, Mike Sullivan has done that. It's just a little different change of philosophy for that organization, although those guys had a lot of success too.
1: So 44 men have coached 800 games. Sully's 55. I mean, listen. If the Penguins moved on at any point in the next two years, somebody else would hire him. If he has a desire to coach into his well into his sixties, he could coach what's eight times eighty, Ron? Six hundred and sixty. He could be up around the fourteen hundred mark. He could be in the he could he could get in the top ten of right. all time. He could.
2: Well, he's already on a, a relatively short list of two cups. Um, a lot of coaches have won one. Not as many have won two. And then, obviously, when you get to three, four, five, you know, you're off the charts. If he ever gets another one, three would put him out. I, I, I did the, I did a column. Well,
1: 11 men have won three cups. Yep, yeah, he'd be 12. Think about that. Think about this, and you too, Sean. Scotty Bowman, in terms of games coached, is the only man above 2,000. 21-41. Neither of you are going to guess who's second, although he uh, – it's not exactly an ancient character here. In fact, he's still coaching. Lindy Ruff? No. Joe Quinville? No. He's He got fired. Paul right? Maurice? Paul Maurice. How about them apples? I remember interviewing that guy when Carolina came into the league. He's in anyway, Florida
2: now, right? Yeah. Remember last year how he tore into his team on the bench? Yes. Walking up and down, just screaming at him. And I don't think they lost another game, you know, for they went to the they didn't go to the finals last year, right?
1: Yeah. Mike Sullivan is 30 No. Who? Florida? Yeah. Oh yeah, they did. They upset Boston. Uh first round. Sully is 36th all-time in wins at 429. He could he, he could get to 500. There's 28 men right now. 29 I should say at 500 wins. Next Peter King's going to join us, by the way, coming up next. Ron, the Steelers move on from wide receivers coach Frisman Jackson and also a couple of other lower-level offensive assistants, meaning basically most of their offensive staff is being rehauled here. What do you make of this? Overhauled, I should well, say. Revamp. I mean,
2: obviously, Arthur Smith is the is the key. He's the coordinator. I know there's been speculation out there that they're going to hire somebody, a passing game quarterback, a, a, a passing game coordinator, someone that maybe can help Pickett or Mason or whoever the quarterback is. um They're they're just they're going in a different direction. You know, Frisman Jackson may be a great coach. I don't know him. I never had to. Opportunity to talk to him, but the problems they had with the wide receivers last year couldn't have been good for him. You know, with with Deontay quitting and Pickens quitting, and you know, it just couldn't have been good for him. But you know, when your offense has been as bad as they are for a while, it started with firing Canada, and now they're looking like they're going to clean house pretty much, except for Pat Meyer, right? Yeah, and it it, it feels
1: like, and I wish I could send out a memo to all national media. And like staunch Tomlin defenders that were just going to move on from all of this. Do we realize what a disaster this offense has been? Do we realize that the Steelers just wasted two, three more years out of the primes of TJ Watt, the late prime of Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, with what Mike Tomlin did to this offense? He hired Matt Canada. He double and tripled down on Matt Canada. He brought in this guy who presided over the demise of Deontay Johnson last year, who had receivers, if you believe people like Merrill Hodge, running sloppy routes, quitting on routes, and the disasters we saw this season. This all goes back to one guy,
2: Mike Tomlin. Tomlin.
1: He hired him, absolutely. This whole just mess on offense that squandered these precious years goes back to him. There's no doubt. I mean,
2: absolutely. That's, that's probably been his biggest downfall for me is, you know, his hirings, you know, over the years. it just, you know, he LeBeau was here. Uh, Was Arians? I think Arians was here, too. Yeah, because Arians was uh, a, a Cowher's uh, t- wide receivers coach, if I'm right. not mistaken. So he inherited some really good coaches but hasn't hired that many of
1: them. And that's not the part of the story that you hear. In fact, the national media speaks of all of that as if these are the things Mike Tomlin has to overcome every year. Yes, his own inability to hire the right people. Is that what you're talking about? That part always seems to get missed. Like like these things are thrust upon Tomlin and it's the adversity he overcomes. You don't get extra credit for, well, in this case, not overcoming your self-created adversity. Your self-created low expectations, which again will greet the Steelers next season. I'm sorry, you don't get credit for that. You don't get credit for climbing out of holes that you dug for yourself to go nine and eight. That's the way I feel. Yeah, You're absolutely right. I think that's been a real weakness of his, his staff. All right, let's get to the rest of the six pack later because we have Peter King coming up next. We can talk about From the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl, right? We talked to Peter a little bit about Arthur Smith, but I still want to get into Steelers quarterback situations and all how much of that. Do
2: you, how much you bet he'll mention Russell Wilson again?
1: I think he probably will. He, he's done it every time. I put out a little Twitter poll today on who people want the Steelers' next quarterback to be, and it was quite quite revealing, I must say. We'll talk about that fan hotline. Presented by Sullivan Super Service, provided trusting plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. And the fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm, where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you, Ron. Joe, February,
2: that's what this month is, is a month for love. And if you would love a new truck, then Sun Chevy on Route 19 in McMurray is the only place to go. Well-qualified buyers can get a 2023 or 2024 Silverado 1500 for 2.9% APR for 72 months when you finance with GM Financial. That's definitely a deal you will love. Terms and conditions at sunchevy.com. And maybe you don't want a truck. Well, you and your special someone can discover other new opportunities together in any new Chevrolet. Remember, Sun Chevy carries all major brands of tires, custom wheel packages, and a full line of GM accessories in their parts department. But the biggest benefit of all at Sun Chevy, they're people. Over 500 years of combined experience serving their customers, they'll keep your GM vehicle looking and running like new. Shop their online catalog at sunchevy.com. Visit the showroom, Sun Chevy, on Route 19 in McMurray, five miles south of uh, South Hills Village, and at sunchevy.com to find the truck or car you will love. Chevrolet, find new roads.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
1: Ron, let's go right out to the fan hotline presented by Sullivan Super Service, providing trusted plumbing and HVAC service for over 50 years. And that is where we find our friend Peter King, Odyssey NFL insider. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Peter, I was remiss not to let our producer here let you know that Ron uh, announced his retirement yesterday on the air to lead off the show at 10 a.m., His final show is Thursday. His final column is Sunday. I just wanted to let you know that off the top here.
3: I mean, it's just like Ron Cook to do something for ratings. You know? (laughs) I mean, you know, he's never been interested in journalism. Are you kidding me? He just wants everybody in the world to listen to his show. But, But no, listen, listen. If Ron, if you're retiring, that means I have to retire. You come on! And, I mean, you
2: and I go back I, a long, long
3: way. Oh, come on! It's it's unbelievable. I've seen you in Pittsburgh since I was in diapers. For crying out loud, <laughs> you're awesome! You're awesome, and I really, 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 you know, will miss talking to you. And but I'm happy for you. I hope everything is is the way you want it. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna go to
2: Florida. I'm going to Fort Myers. I bought a place there last May. Uh, wow. uh peter you know nobody hardly anybody gets to go out on their own terms in this business and uh, i'm thrilled it's just time it's just time yep yeah and thank hey, you for your kind words so you, you, even though no, you make me feel old but that's okay you realize, of
3: course, Ron, that now since you're moving to Fort Myers, you're going to have to become a Red Sox fan.
2: <laughs> yeah, they—they they and the Minnesota Twins both train right. Him. Right. How? How? What are you? Maybe an hour or so from Sarasota. Yeah, a little bit. Not. Yeah, probably. Or, or Bradenton.
3: Bradenton, and so you'll get to. Uh, be a regular at the Buckos in in spring training. Well,
2: we Derek Shelton is their manager. He's a regular with us. He's done a show with us every year. He took he called in yesterday. They had wow. Jerome called in, Roethlisberger called in, BA wow. called in. Uh but but uh Derek Shelton called in and said their first game is February 24th in Fort Myers. He said you better be there.
3: Wow, that's really good. That's really good. Well, hey, listen, congratulations. Thanks, you are Peter. You're an absolute giant in this business, and uh, I, I bow to you. I, I, I appreciate everything you've done over the years. And look, you know, a lot of people can complain about what our business has become because it is monumentally different, but all you did, you went out and work the way you always work. And uh, I just really appreciate your work ethic and what you've done over the
2: years, and congratulations. Thank you very much, Peter. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Peter, your column this week, as usual, was fascinating, as was your all-time team with the caveat that I believe it's the 40 years that you've been covering football. But first, the column. The Brock Purdy-Tom Brady thing. I'll just let people know if they haven't seen it. Um, you, You began your column with you asking Kyle Shanahan, did you tell Brock Purdy you were trying to sign Tom Brady to start for the Niners last off season, which means, what, eight months ago? I'm glad you asked me that question, Shanahan said. How did it go from there? What is this story?
3: Well, the story basically is that last year, uh, I would say, okay, it's February 6th right now. I would say uh, the 49ers, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan sat down basically about a year ago. Uh, maybe two or three weeks shy of a year ago, and they had a conversation and they said, "Well, Trey Lance had his second ankle surgery after seriously after having a serious ankle break during the season, and he had a second ankle surgery on December thirtieth. Brock Purdy uh tore his elbow uh, in the playoff game and still had not had his surgery yet. Uh, That didn't even happen till March 10th, which is precisely six months before the start of the season. And although medical people were optimistic that he would return in 2023, they were giving Shanahan and Lynch no guarantee that he was going to be ready to start the season. So with that as a backdrop, they said, well, what are we going to do? So Shanahan uh, called Tom Brady and then he he explained it to Brock Purdy and he basically said to him, listen, you know, we've got to look out for the best interests of our team and the best interests are served with trying to get the best quarterback we can in case you and Trey and look, I, in my opinion, I mean, Shanahan would not say this to me. I think he already knew that the ship with Trey Lance wasn't sailing anyway or had sailed, whatever that old cliche is. So this was all about Brock Purdy. And so Shanahan told him, and there's no question that Purdy seems to have been a little hurt by it. Like I didn't do enough in my eight starts or seven starts, whatever it was to, to show you that I should be the guy. And Shanahan said, it's not about that. You know, it's, it's about, You know, we got to be sure we have a quarterback on opening day who can win games. And, you know, ironically, for the purposes of this show, it's so interesting that he essentially, when you think about it, was, you know, you didn't know at the time, but that was, you know, imagine if if Brady had come. Obviously, he told Shanahan no. But imagine if Brady had come. He would open the season – uh, at Acushaw Stadium, with TJ oh, Watt chasing man. him, I mean, it would have been would have been crazy. But anyway, it was all sort of a moot point. But because Brady said no, but uh, he did ask him, and he explained why he asked him, and uh, I thought it was really interesting.
2: Peter, uh, the commissioner spoke yesterday. Anything he say stand out to you? Uh,
3: on a positive note. I think it's really, really cool, the NFL. I, I am very bullish on international football, very. I think it's great. I've been to Germany twice. Uh, people are bat crap for the NFL. And for those who would say uh, you've got, whatever," I think, 272 games, regular season games. <laughs> and for those who would say the game belongs in America, I'd say pish posh, um, you know, if, if five games out of 272 are moved out of the country, maybe up to even eight games or nine games, I think eight might be their limit in the near future. Uh, it's not that big a deal, and it exposes the game to a lot more people, exposes the league to a lot more people. And I thought the cool thing is they're going to open the season on Friday night with the Eagles playing – in Brazil, I just think that's really a cool thing for the league and a good thing for the league. First Friday night opener for a team, I think, since the AFL did it in the 60s. Um, so, but I think uh, in the other, the other part of it, you know, he just sort of dropped in there that 25 people uh, with league affiliations have been dismissed for violating the gambling policy dismissed or disciplined uh, for violating the league's gambling policy. Ron, I'm telling you, there's going to be trouble with gambling. There's going to be trouble in the American populace because kids who are in high school and college are getting addicted to it at a very, very young age. And I just think it's going to be bad in general um for the future of this country and i don't mean to sound like clint eastwood and gran torino but when he said that yesterday i was i just sort of said see it's it's starting to come home to roost right now so those are the two things that stuck out to me
1: peter king excuse me on the sullivan super service hotline peter bill belichick didn't get a spot here in the uh the game of musical chairs And he didn't even get interviewed in a lot of places. What is the main reason or two for that?
3: I wrote my column last week in Football Morning in America that the watchword in this NFL hiring cycle of eight jobs this year was collaborative more than anything else. You remember when Mike Brabel got whacked in Tennessee Amy Adams Strunk, when she spoke, the owner of the Titans talked about wanting to have a more collaborative ethos inside her team. Now, I think it's lunatic that Mike Vrabel is not a head coach in the NFL. Crazy, just crazy. I mean, did you watch the last week of the season this year? Did you watch the Tennessee Titans with five wins playing for nothing? Nothing go out and kick the crap out of the Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, you know, at some point, you have to say this guy can really, really coach. People in Pittsburgh know Vrabel. You know, he was a stealer. But Vrabel is seen to be an authoritarian figure. And I don't think people want authoritarianism anymore. It's probably unfair, too. I've had many conversations with Vrabel. Doesn't strike me as authoritarian, I can tell you that much. But that's what happened in this hiring cycle. And I think it really applied to Belichick and Drabel above all.
2: <laughs> Peter, you're still trying to get over that, huh? You had that last oh, week, too. Oh my god, it's brutal.
3: Oh, it's brutal. Oh, but but I will tell you that I think I think I'm on the other side of it. But it's still going to take a while. So that's the way life goes sometimes. Uh,
2: Timing is not – your timing isn't your strength this time. Hey, uh, we had you on last week. I think Joe, when he does his free association at the end, it's always fun. You said Mahomes, absolutely a top five quarterback all time. What if he wins another one on Sunday? How high up the list can he go?
3: You know what I was thinking, Ron, because that is one of the big topic séjour in Vegas now where does Mahomes belong and all that and he said something yesterday that in essence you know like my career's not even near half over you know i want to play 15 more years and you know he's talking the way tom brady talked in his late 20s and brady is the guy There's so many quarterbacks. It's so funny now. So many quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, model themselves after Brady. Lamar Jackson does. He wants to be Brady. (laughs) And, you know, to me, obviously, Mahomes wants to be Brady and to have that kind of impact. But, Ron, I'm reminded of – this is my 40th Super Bowl. I'm reminded of the first one I ever covered, Joe Montana against Dan Marino. Marino's in his second year. As, as an NFL quarterback, makes the Super Bowl. Montana wins the game. And I can tell you that 9,000 columnists, including, I'm sure, whoever covered that for the Post-Gazette, maybe it was Smizek, I don't know. But I can tell you that everybody was saying, oh, don't worry, uh, Dan, you're going to get back to a lot of these. And what happened? He never got back to a single game. And that, to me, is what makes what Mahomes is doing right now incredible. He is just finishing his sixth season as a starting quarterback. He's played in the championship game of the AFC every year. And he's played in four Super Bowls. I'm, that's unprecedented. And the only guy who was close to that is Brady. And so, you know... You just say at some point he's doing what nobody else has done early in his career. And how long can it last? I think part of the answer to the question lies in what will Andy Reed do? Um, there are a lot of rumors that I do not buy that Andy Reed might retire after this game. I don't buy it because two weeks ago after the Buffalo game, three weeks ago, whenever it was, um, I sat with Andy Reid for 15 minutes after the game in his little uh, uh, office at uh, Highmark Stadium in Buffalo, Orchard Park. And I'm telling you, this guy, all he wanted to do was talk about the game and talk about the details, talk about this play, talk about that play. He just wanted to savor this moment. And he knew the buses were waiting for him. He knew that. He didn't care. He was going to take his time and appreciate what just happened in this game. So, I don't know. To me, when I think about it, when I talk about it, I think that Mahomes and Reed are going to have a few more chances, and then who's going to take over for him? Might it be Matt Nagy? I don't know. But Andy Reed, I think, is a very big key To how great, to how much the greatness of Patrick Mahomes lingers.
1: A couple more minutes with Peter King. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice Gentlemen's Blend Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus 24 7 moisturization because men like Ron have skin too. Peter, you put out a team of 53 players, uh, basically uh, with the caveat that. Uh, if their careers were at least half over by the time you started in the business in 84, you didn't include them. So that, that uh, excluded people, you know, Walter Payton, you mentioned a lot of people weren't eligible. I love, I'm going to talk about two picks, one that I absolutely loved and one that I wish you had picked because that's what these things do. They generate discussion. You picked Heinz Ward as one of your receivers, which I absolutely love but you didn't pick Rod Woodson anywhere. And yeah. for me, Rod Woodson, I think I can make an argument he's one of the 10 greatest or 15 greatest all-around football players maybe ever.
3: Yeah, I thought about Woodson. I thought, I thought about both Woodsons. And can I tell you, and I love Rod Woodson, there's no question that on, on an all-time team of people I've covered, I thought, I mean, I thought very seriously of picking them. I'm going to tell you why I picked the team the way I picked it, okay? Like, I have gotten emails in the last 24 hours or 30 hours about two things that I, about one thing I didn't do and about one thing I did. I didn't put Emmett Smith on the team. And I don't don't regret it. I mean, Emmitt Smith is an all-time great, obviously. But I pick three running backs. I pick Barry Sanders, who's the most beautiful running back I have ever seen. I pick LaDainian Tomlinson. He is a guy who knew how to score better than any player I ever, ever saw. And he was so incredibly productive, even though everybody knew he was always getting the ball. And then I picked Derrick Henry because, to me, he's the Earl Campbell of this generation, of the last two generations. Uh, and it's, it's so ironic that in his last game this year, he passed Earl Campbell on the all-time list. But the other one was about on Heinz Ward. You're out of your mind. You're an idiot. How do you pick him over Larry Fitzgerald? How do you pick him over? All these guys. And I get it. I understand. I picked a team with the exception of picking four quarterbacks, because I simply could not figure a way to leave one of them off. You know, and I wanted to put Mahomes on the team. You know, Brady, Manning, Montana, and, uh, and, and uh, Mahomes. But anyway, I picked a team. Heinz Ward, I've covered the game for 40 years. He is the best all-around receiver I have ever seen. And what that means is that He's very productive. You don't catch a 1,000 balls without being very productive. He's and But he's also the best blocker I've ever seen uh, as a wide receiver. That is so important. You ask any coach, what do you want in your wide receivers? I want a guy who's unselfish, who gives himself up, uh, and who will sell out to block. And so I have no qualms, no regrets whatsoever about making him one of my top four receivers that I ever covered
2: Peter the natural follow-up you're in the room on the voting um Hines is bothered by it Ron Hines has never been past the final 15 what is the argument against him
3: I you know Ron I have to tell you I've been in that room and when we leave that room I don't ask uh, you know, voter X, why don't you like Heinz Ward? I just, whatever happens in the room happens. Everybody's got their opinion, all that stuff. My feeling is people look at guys like Reggie Wayne and Tory Holt and they just say, this guy's a better receiver than Heinz Ward. And I don't think, this is my opinion. Now, I'm one of, I think we have 50 voters, 49, 50, whatever. My vote means no more than anybody else. I believe that part of being a receiver is being an all around football player. And I think I'm outnumbered on that.
1: All right, Peter. In lieu of uh, a long free association, I just have four quick Super Bowl questions. Oh, come
3: on. I, I want. No, we've got to we, we gotta do a long one. Come on. This is fun. I look forward to this every week.
1: All right. Hey, don't
3: don't make don't make me beg now.
1: All right, I can I can adjust this. All right, I do a okay. few off the top. Here we go. Right. Kirk Cousins' next team will be Minnesota. Russell Wilson's next team will be Pittsburgh. Heinz Ward would make a very good receivers coach. Absolutely. This year's Super Bowl winner will be Kansas City. The MVP will be Mahomes. Greatest Super Bowl you ever saw in wait person. Wait a minute, wait a minute, what, wait a minute, what? wait a minute.
3: I might pick Pacheco. No. I might because if they win, I think he's going to have a big day. But anyway, I'll I'll stick with what's his name.
1: Yeah, old old what's his name? Greatest Super yeah. Bowl you ever witnessed. Um Seven years ago, uh,
3: New England coming back to beat Atlanta.
1: Greatest play in Super Bowl history, in your opinion, is what?
3: With all the Velcro catch, David Tyree. With all due respect to James Harrison, I apologize, but come on, the Velcro catch, it's just bizarre.
1: Where does the Malcolm Butler interception rank? Top five? No question, it's top five. That's it. That's all I have, Peter. We'll let you off the hook with that. Peter,
2: enjoy the game, man. Uh, Hey hey
3: hey, Ron. Hey Ron, listen. I want you to enjoy the first beer you crack open February twenty (laughs) four. Bucko's at Sox.
1: (laughs) Oh oh, man. Wait, Bucko's at yeah, that's the one Derek Shelton invited. Fort Myers. That's right. It's against the Red Sox in Fort Myers. Yes.
3: Listen, I want you to sit in the dugout and drink a beer next to Derek
2: Shelton. <laughs> well, I'll, <laughs> tell, you what, what I'll tell you what, Peter. When I do, I will think about you, okay?
3: Thank you, Ronnie. Stay hey, well, my
2: friend. You. Stay well. Stay well. Ya,
1: Take care, Peter.
2: How about Heinz Ward, what he says about him?
1: I've covered the game for 40 years, and he's the best all-around receiver I have ever seen. Take that, Zeiss! Take that, Zeiss! I've been writing this for... How long's he been? How long's he been eligible? Eight, it's been, what eight years, something like that. And I have said those. He I, can't I, get past the final fifteen. I've been watching football for consciously for for half of a century, and he's one of the greatest all-around football players I've ever seen. If you value things other than numbers, like breaking people in half, like being, as Peter King said, the best blocking receiver there ever was for a team that ran the ball outdoors for most of his time here. And he still put up 1,000 catches. And in 16 playoff starts, the equivalent of a full season in in his day and age, he had, what, something like 80-some 80 catches, 88 catches for 1,100 yards and a bunch of touchdowns and a Super Bowl MVP. The idea that he doesn't have the numbers is ludicrous. I've said this a million times, Ron. I'm glad he's on my side.
2: He's, that's his most outspoken if I've heard anyone. Say that I know Ed, you know, was an advocate too, but I've never heard anyone speak like Peter did.
1: He put him on this team above Larry Fitzgerald. I know, well, probably ahead of a lot of other receivers too. Who were the receivers that he had? Obviously, holy corn follicles. That's a good tease, Sean. Don't it call is a good me one. Seth Myers. We're going to talk about Peter King's. Uh, it's not. It's not really an all-time team. It's Peter King's career team since Peter started covering uh, the NFL 40 years ago. I do think Rod – I'm willing to trade Heinz Ward for Rod Woodson in this scenario, but Rod Woodson – well, we'll talk about this coming up. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Uh, NFL uh, Odyssey insider Peter King, insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too. Um, And we got a lot of other things, including – a couple of mystery guests for Ron. You don't think we're going to let him off the hook today, do you? That was very nice words he had for me. Yeah, it was. We have uh, we have. Uh, I, I almost said the name. What am I doing? We have a guest at noon and one at twelve thirty. Is that right, Sean? That's right. Yep. I almost gave it away. And we have more already lined up for tomorrow. I might add. Very kindly, Fan Weather, brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers. A new Silverado 1500 truck. Sunny today with a high of 46. JP Roofing and Siding. Joe Patochnik, you want to talk about legends in their business? Let's start with this guy. 42 years ago today, sat down with his mustache, and they built their own siding company, roofing company. And, man, did they take off right away. He was Rookie of the Year, I believe Joe was. And now he's still going strong like a certain NFL quarterback was into his, well, Joe's a little older than that guy was because he went to his mid-40s. But I won't, I won't give away his age. I'll tell you this. They've been out to my house a couple times, JP roofing and siding. They did exactly what they said they would do, and I haven't worried about that issue since. And now we're talking multiple years ago. $500 off any roofing or siding installation. You're securing the knowledge. This is a nationally recognized and platinum-preferred company.